Yo, welcome to Stars Podcast, the home of Growth Mindset Moment, where we break down the habits, hacks, and protocols the stars use while relentlessly moving forward to maximize our daily potential. If this is your first time, welcome to the fam. If you're a longtime listener, thank you for stopping back. Our guests range from entrepreneurs, C-suite pros, Web3, NFT, and crypto enthusiasts, jujitsu athletes, fitness instructors, mindset coaches, lawyers, and everything in between. They may seem different on the surface. However, when we start to break down the systems they all live by, we quickly realize we're all not so different after all. I'm your host, Ron Jordan, along with my co-host, Alyssa Jordan, coming out of Rosinante Studios in Slippery Rock, Pennsylvania. Let's get into the journey. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Today, we have another special guest coming in from the Web3 community, Miss Nifty.eth. Uh, AKA Carrie coming into us from Ladies of Board Ape Yacht Club, co founder of NFT Architect, Web3 advisor, mass adoption educator, uh, onboarding underserved uh, folks inside of her community. She's a part of Board Ape Yacht Club, V Friends, Me Bits, Artifact. Uh, we're focused today really on finding that work life balance, uh, talking about balance in general, fueling ourselves to make sure we can move the, the mountains. Uh, as entrepreneurs and in Web3 innovators and all of those things, Carrie, welcome to the show. She's muted. Oh, you're muted. <laughs> I did that. That's his fault. Are you? Did you uh, okay, now you're now good I'm, now. You're Hi! ready to go. I have permission. <laughs> the perms have been granted. Granted permission. <laughs> welcome, welcome. Thank you so much, you guys. This has been I'm a long so time coming. Yeah, I'm happy to be here with you guys. This is going to be one of my favorite podcast episodes ever because you're literally one of my favorite people. Um, so seriously, uh, no bullshit. Um, you do. You are so much more than even that intro. Um, I like when I look at all the things you've done and the the career you've developed it's mm. crazy you've done so much and have established yourself as a professional on so many on so many levels i'm thoroughly impressed by you thank you i appreciate that that means a lot coming from you oh because i had you oh you're the man <laughs> yeah our audience is just gonna have to forgive us so i'm at carrie <laughs> I, I met Carrie actually through Instagram and Twitter before I ever met you in person. Wow. That's like, I think like two years ago, maybe? Yes. Something like, like that. Two yeah. years ago. And then the first time I got to meet you IRL was in Miami at Miami NFT week. Oh, wow. That was last year. That was last year. Yeah. So, and that's when I first learned about really I got a taste for what you were building in the metaverse and your commitment to creating generational wealth for underserved populations and that's when I first got a taste for it and then I really got the dose of it um at NFT VIP in New York um mm -hmm. our friend Julie Sue Lamb's event that she that she hosted when you were on stage with our friend Mikey with JDM Labs <laughs> Um, so, you know, it's just been so the, this, this big evolution, um, you know, so you're coming at this from so many different angles. You approach your, your commitment to your career is clear. Your commitment to your family is, is so evident. Just follow K 
Perry, Ms. Nifty on Instagram to really get the behind the scenes peek at like all the things that you're committed to. Committed to a vegan diet. Yes. Seven in, like, years in. in the most like colorful, beautiful way. I've never seen anyone eat vegan the way you do. So you're like, <laughs> I'm serious. Like, I'm like, I'm like, you make me want to be vegan. Um, <laughs> I, so, so we're, you know, the balance, the balance of it all. How do you do it? I feel like the balance comes from living in my purpose. And so, you know, you can see people who are just exhausted in life and most often they're not fulfilled with their life. And I literally get that question all the time. Like, how can you do all of these things? Well, if I love being a mom and I love cooking, then I'm like, all right, let me make this. Let me do this. Let me have these experiences with my kids. It doesn't mean you're never exhausted and you're never tired, but you just wear it well because it's what you love, right? Some people don't wear their life well because they're not, and they have not found their purpose yet. And some people never find that purpose because I believe that one of the main reasons is they haven't sat down to feel all of the feels of their soul. They're consumed by social media, um, programming on TV, entertainment. And so the time that you need to really become self-aware comes from being by yourself, comes from feeling all of the feels internally. And so I just happen to find my space and what fuels me, what gives me that gas, what lights my fire is helping others and the various ways that I can help others or what I found is my niche in helping others. One way, one major way is partnering with and collaborating with huge brands, big influencers and pillars within the community globally so that they can use their influence to influence masses where I could only influence like a hundred people or a thousand people. Cause I'm just me, I'm little me, but the more I can share with community leaders and influencers and government agencies, the more people I can impact in the long term. And so, um, and actually this, this thought process really, I felt supported and, and like I was doing the right thing and guided this way through Gary V when um, we were speaking at, I think one of Jimmy Eath's events in New York, um, I believe during NFT NYC a, a couple of years ago. And Gary was like, Carrie, you're trying to convince the world about things that they're not ready for. Why don't you spend that time, that one hour you're spending to convince one person in your life Spend that hour talking to the people that are asking about it and wanting to get involved with it because it's you're making a greater impact that way and spending your time more wisely. And I was like, huh? I was like, oh, okay. So I personally, selfishly, may want to onboard and educate my personal circle, right? Because I know how much it can impact their lives. But that's selfish and that can be somewhat controlling. Like I want this for you, but you don't want it necessarily for yourself yet. And so I'm fighting an uphill battle. Whereas I have all of these other people over here to the left 
asking about it, wanting to be in part of it, wanting to do something different. And so I'm better serving the people in that way. And I'm able to make a greater impact with my time that way. And so taking it all back to, you know, how, how am I doing this balance? I think that I'm doing things that refuel me as I go. Mm. So kind of like your body needs fuel, you need to eat, you need to drink, you need to have your protein to get through your workouts and, and your goals. Well, my spirit and my soul is being refueled by the things that I'm doing. So it allows me this nice like balance of, okay, like I'm doing so much here. Let me, let me do this. And I'm getting my gas. I'm getting my fuel to keep going. And second to that balance and, and identifying things that refuel me, um, that are also quote unquote work, right. <laughs> um, is knowing that I'm more than just an entrepreneur. So I need to fuel my entrepreneur spirit. I need to fuel and gas up me, Miss Nifty, as an individual woman, right? So what is, what does it take for her to be refueled? Um, who is it when I am married or a girlfriend, right? You know, what do I need to be refueled in that area? And then as a mother and as a friend. And so all of those buckets need refueling, not just living life. And what are you going to do? Go on vacation for a weekend? No, like feed those areas of my life and feeding, um, you know, maybe in my entrepreneurial life, maybe that's reading, mm -hmm. you know, a little bit every day. Maybe that's the camaraderie between other entrepreneurs and I spending some time on the phone or on a zoom or at brunch, you know what I mean? Um, Twitter spaces, what, whatever that may be, you know, we all have various things that refuel us, but we need them in all of those categories and yours, your categories may be different than mine. I, uh, I took a note while you were talking because there's something that really resonated with me and I kind of drew my own conclusion and I love this because this is now going to be in my list of things that I refer back to is when, when you're, when you're constantly pursuing your purpose, you're not going to find it by looking and trying to fit into other people's standards. You have to figure out what yours are first. Yes. And that, that's, that's what I'm taking away. First and foremost, it's like in my, like I sat here and like typed this out, like lesson from Carrie, number one, that's number one. So there you go. I'm curious also too, whenever you, you talk about, you haven't found your purpose yet. Whenever you're talking to folks and, and they're like in a, in a way, and I'm sure like people approach you and, and ask you because you are so influential and, and you are kind of that bright shining light in a room and kind of that you attract those people. Whenever you're talking to them about their purpose, do you find that they, they have stopped trying new things and that's why they're sort of stagnant and in a rut? Often, most often, um, I feel like their spirit is broken from trying to figure things out. And so I say like, I try to say, not I try, I tell them, what do you love? Do you love art? Do you love skiing? Do you love, what What are some of the things that you love as a hobby? And put yourself in environments that you're not accustomed to. You need to refresh your circle, refresh that energy, you're recycling. It's like when you're sitting in the car and the car has that setting where you're just recycling the air inside your car or you're getting fresh air from outside. 
So you're never going to do or find anything different if you're not doing anything different. Change takes change, literally. And so don't expect anything different if you're just, oh, I'm at home. I don't feel like going out for dinner. I don't feel like listening to music or whatever that thing is that you like to do. Uh, like the older you get, I find the more easy it is for you to just be like, I'm going to chill at home. I'm good. No, I'm not worried about that. But then you're not getting hit with fresh air, fresh energy that can spark your spirit. That to me is the one one piece of the puzzle that I think that is overlooked is like we kind of get into this daily routine of, you know, you wake up, you go to work, you have the same whatever breakfast. It's just like if you just spice it up just a little bit, even even I, I say like start by having something different for breakfast, wake up a little bit earlier, take a different route to work, come home a different way, like get a new scenery. And what I loved was like, whenever you talk about like going out to eat, go to a different restaurant, order something different, like be crazy, you know, order a different drink. Um, these things that sometimes like, I don't know if you've ever like read some of the memoirs of, uh, of Steve Jobs, where kind of wore the same thing every day, ate the same food. And it kind of like, it gives you an opportunity to eliminate some of that decision-making so you can focus on these bigger things. But at the other side of the coin, if you just continue to do the same things, then you're not, like you said, getting that fresh air and maybe finding a different purpose. Um, because five years ago, maybe, I, maybe this isn't you because you've been in this game for a long time, but me, five years ago, Web3, that wasn't in my vernacular. Like That wasn't my, my thing. But now that we've introduced ourselves to it, it's like, holy crap, this, this is our thing. Like This is cool. This is great. Um, so I'm curious too, like on your journey into this self-awareness, because you said you're more than an entrepreneur, you know, you need to fill the mom bucket. You need to find the, uh, the Miss Nifty bucket. Where does that self-awareness come from? Has it always been part of your, your being to be self-aware or was that a journey in and of itself? It has been a journey in itself. I, come from um a family so I, I was raised by my chinese family i'm half chinese and so being raised in that traditional environment being the first born generation in america it's we still had very strict old school chinese ways if you will and one part that was really impactful in a negative way in my life was don't communicate negative things. Like we weren't allowed to share hardships and traumas and stresses that we were experiencing because it's considered putting a burden or being a burden on other people if you were to communicate and share. And so it's like study, get A plus pluses. You know what I mean? And don't talk unless you're spoken to essentially like you, you know, you can obviously talk, but like when the elders are talking, you may disagree, but you can't say that you disagree. You just kind of are like, mm -hmm, be respectful. And so if you were to say something back, that would be considered disrespectful to your elders, which then reflects badly to my mother, because it's my mother's fault. If I did something, said something, you know, that, that, questioned my elders 
wisdom, if you will. And so I've gone through years of therapy (laughs) Um, at a younger age, earlier on in my life, um, just to be able to be in a healthy marriage, a healthy relationship with someone else. Um, One of the biggest complaints in the relationship category is like, I'm a poker face. Like I don't show emotion. And that comes from my upbringing. Like I'm just sitting and I'm, but internally I'm analyzing, I'm self-reflecting, I'm applying what I hear. And then I, then I'm able to speak more clearly and not say things that I don't mean emotionally, if you will, like I've, it's well thought out. Um, Whereas some people, they, they lash out, you know what I mean? And their emotions take control of their mind which means you say things that may be hurtful to other people. And then that's hard to come back from, right? Like you can always say sorry, but those words that that came out that that person heard still hurts. So I'm the person that's less inclined to say something that I don't mean because I've gone through this whole process internally. Um, And so going back to like where my journey of this balanced life, therapy, in learning how to communicate and that it's okay to communicate and that it doesn't mean I'm a burden on you because I'm sharing something that's hard for me um, came out. And then I realized as I'm doing my processing in my head, when I'm dealing with hard things and feeling um, various emotions, I was like, well, why am I so highly triggered today in this moment? And then I started analyzing like, oh, I'm carrying these 10 books, if you will, in my bag. And I need some something to like put these books on. I need some shelves. And so my shelves are my like what's refueling me in these various areas to help me not get stumped, if you will, so often in life. And and I definitely do like sidebar conversation we can get to like 2022 has probably been one of the most emotional and like hardest times for me like going in and out of depression just pertaining to motherhood and and I mean I can take it to like the mom sector with Mm -hmm. this because yeah you could take it wherever you want to okay so I had a goal. My goal was to have all of my kids by the time I was 30. I have four kids. So now my youngest is 16 and a half. And traditionally, since my kids were younger, we do an annual big vacation during summer. We do our winter, you know, smaller vacation. And then we do like a spring break staycation. And this past year, 2022, was the first year that we did not do our family vacation due to my daughter going to college. So my babies are the girls. So the last two are the two girls. They're three years apart. And so first time she wasn't home for Mother's Day, you know, she had a flight. She was coming home Um, the night before. She called me with anxiety. She packed dirty clothes. She had finals coming up and I could just hear it. And I was like, it's okay. Like, stay. Um, and she's working, she works for VCA out where she goes to school as well. So that's why she can't take off a chunk of time because of school and work. Then it was her birthday and then I didn't see her on her birthday. And so then it all was like, it was downhill for me. Like I spiraled like, okay, my 16 year old is going to be 
18, you know what I mean? And then she's going to go to college and then I'm not going to have anybody around. And then like, mm-hmm. what am I going to do with my life? You know, my entire life I've planned to have my kids where at an age where I could still be young enough to enjoy life and do things like I am today, but I didn't plan for the emotional impact of that. That feeling of like, oh, I'm not needed anymore. Like that hits, that hits hard. You know, um, my son's 22 um, and he enlisted in the military at the age of 17. So as soon as he graduated from high school, he was home with us for a month and then left us. Um, and he's been away for five years and we just had this conver a, a, a version of this conversation over the weekend, um, about how Ron was giving me feedback about how I was specifically managing a difficult time my son was having. He's in Hawaii right now. So that's where he's living and okay. he's experiencing these difficult things for the first time. And I'm like, well, this is what you need to do. Because there's a part of me that definitely resonates with, like I said, I'm still needed. He still calls me first anytime anything happens, either to either like tell him what to do or to like yell at because he doesn't have anyone else to yell at, right? Like that's what we do. But also it's, I jump into that frequently, even though he's like doing really grown ass stuff, right? Like he's doing the grown ass stuff because it is, it is really hard to reconcile like that that process around you're going through things and and maybe I'm not going to be that first phone call or maybe you're figuring it out for yourself because let's be real we've tried our best and done our best to equip them with what they need to figure things out on their own but yes. then but then you're like wait a minute I did too good of a job you know I feel <laughs> disconnected so it, there is that balance in recognizing, I think as a mom, it's not that he, they don't need us anymore. It's they need us different yeah. and making that transition over to what that different feels like is really hard. I, I agree. I, I think that my first version of this kind of shift in dynamic with my kids is when my son went from like middle school to high school and it was like, no, I can take the bus. I can fend for myself, so to speak. Like, I was like, wait, like for the first semester of high school, he was like, oh, I left my lunch at home or I didn't have anything. And I'm like ordering him food or I'm bringing him food at school. And then it was like, none of that anymore. And I was like, oh, wait, like you didn't leave your lunch. I'm not making your lunch. Like, And so I I had to, it was a conflict in our relationship because I still was like, well, who are these friends? Like, I don't know their parents. You know what I mean? You're going to their house. What if they're like guns all over their house? Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? But I've always been that mom that I know these parents before you go over there or they're just coming to our house. And so it was like, okay, I got to let go. I got to take my son and have him in this newfound space. And so the girls being the youngest babies. So like, even though that happened, I had the babies, right? Mm -hmm. So now I don't have the babies anymore. And so I'm doing that shift here. Like, Ooh, okay. Now after this shift, I don't have any babies to take care of or take my time. Like, 
I'm almost feeling like I'm empty nesting, although I still have one left because she has her own car now. I don't have to drive her around and she's working and she's in high school and she's head of BSU at her school. Like she's busy. (laughs) I don't know where she gets it from. (laughs) It's it's like she had an example in her life. But isn't that, that's that's the incredible piece of it is you have done that fantastic job. And And it also, you know, as parents, as we, as our kids do grow up, that does alleviate us to not not dive so so much of our energy into them and like Alyssa was saying it's in a different way like we're supporting them in a different way it's not like they're not there it's just they're they're good like they're good so that that frees us up to do these other these other purposes right I mean you're now able to dive in and have a huge impact yeah you were able to have a huge impact on your on your circle which were your kids and your family and that but now you're working with these big brands. You're kind of having that impact in Web3. And had you not done such a good job as a parent, you may have that burden still as of being a parent. So, like, it has really given you an opportunity to to have a larger impact, in my opinion. I, I agree with you. I think you're right. Um, so I'm in that I'm in that stage right now. Yeah acceptance right and you know which binoculars do i get for bird watching (laughs) (laughs) i don't think you're going to be doing any bird watching anytime soon i I don't know we we are told that we get more into birds the older we get i did read that somewhere i'm a big fan of birds yeah i I feed birds all the time i almost bought ron for father's (laughs) day or a holiday they have this like birdhouse with a cam on it so you can watch it live I almost what? got that for him. Yeah. Side note, I know, but I'm just saying. Wow. It could be a whole thing. I'm a big fan. You had mentioned something earlier that, and I've heard this time and time again, which is when we we express ourselves, it, it throws this burden onto somebody else. And that's a it's a huge reason why a lot of cultures don't. Just as you alluded to, like my my stuff's should never be your stuff and it's no disrespect to them it's just it's it's actually out of respect to not put it on them i'm curious what does being respectful mean to you now after all these years of being away from that kind of stricter culture what does being respectful mean for you now Mm, so i i mean there's so much that encompasses that but in terms of sharing um, hardships. I think that it's respectful to share with your close friends, um, your circle, if you will, a hard moment or hard situation. I feel that that is respectful because those people are there for you. And so by not sharing you're not respecting them as the pillars in your life that are there because they want to be there and indirectly not sharing can make them feel like they're not worthy that you don't care about them enough to share something that is so um, sensitive and emotional for you and they're feeling like damn like I'm your best friend or I'm your circle I'm your rock and you don't want to share with me this like that's why i want to be a part of your life you've been there for me allow me the opportunity to be there for you and so 
it doesn't mean it's still, it's easy for me still to this day. I'm just more aware. So it has reversed, if you will. Like, so now it is respectful to share. Now where it's a fine line is if every time we speak, you're sharing the same problem and you're not taking action based on like solutions we've talked about and things that we've talked about, it makes it challenging for me to like, listen to the same problem every other day from the same person if they're not willing to take action in their own life. So it's really it redefined accountability for you too in that way. Yeah. Yeah. Because like if I'm not willing to fix the problem and my friends are helping and giving solutions, then that's me. That's on Carrie, right? And it's not fair for me to continue to put that energy in their circle when they've helped me address the problem and we've come up with solutions together and ways that can help, um, then, then I'm in the way of myself, right? Um, at least that's how I view it. Yeah, I, I frequently say that having hard conversations is a sign of love and respect. Um, because when you really care about someone and you care about the relationship, you care enough to have the hard conversation and then take that action after the fact, the spirit of accountability um, to make it right. But sometimes those hard conversations go down a different path where maybe accountability is not taken. Um, and you have to choose a different path. Um, yeah. And that that can be really hard. And that's something that you know, we talk to um, our Web3 friends and our and our listeners about is like the sense of community um, in Web3 that has different layers to it, right? So you have like a macro community, you have a micro community, and then you have friends. And, you know, you build that. And something that, that I found that I'd love to have your perspective on, because I've seen this come up like recently with a lot of different moves that are being made in the space. Um, how your personal philosophy, <clears throat> excuse me, on what being true to yourself and your values and your standards are when it comes to um, how you conduct business, you know, and, uh, and, what yeah. the, and what that looks like from your journey of evolving in that way. So... I have, I'm not really sure of the question, but I will talk about uh, the differences and how I see about running businesses and making moves in the Web3 space and the people, you know, how our values are different. Um, That's really the question. Yeah. Okay. Because okay. I was like, I don't want to not answer the question. No, I know. It was, a lo it was like loaded from a different, okay. from, a, from a bunch of different uh, places. So I'll talk... Um, Two, two situations um, that are different. One is I have to, I've become more aware that a majority of the people in the space are younger than me and don't have the experience that I have when it comes to business, right? So I am, I come from having a business management firm for 20 plus years in web two. And so I build companies and brands for a living. And so I've simply taken 
my experience and network and have applied it in this area because of the impact that I see that it can make. Now, building with someone else or a, you know, other people that may not be as experienced in business is fine with me because when I'm viewing to build a team, I want people to be an expert in their own areas. And we kind of come together and you form like a powerful team, right? Like I'm not a master at something, but you are. So when we come together, we can make it flourish. Now I've run into the situation where they may feel like I don't understand the business like you do. So I need to pause everything. Let's stop what we're doing so I can understand the business and take lessons and learn and read books to continue building a business. And I'm like, that's why you have a team. Like I have this component. You have this component. I'm never going to be at a master at what you're doing, but that's why we're partnering up and building this. Right. And so even taking it from there, like responses to emails or reaching out to others or how you're shifting the business is not what I believe is kosher or is good business ethics. Um, however, you're younger, you don't understand how this, how this world works, right. To be respectful when, when going to what you said, having hard conversations, um, don't happen because people don't want to face that hard conversation or are unable to. And so I find myself, uh, saying, you know, giving a little extra grace after I deal with the emotional component for me. So my emotional component is like, shouldn't we have a conversation? Like there are decisions that you make as a team because we're a team, but you, you meaning that those other people are not accustomed to working as a team. They're accustomed to doing their own thing. Right. But that's disrespectful in my eyes when you, you are supposed to be a team. And so I'm like, okay, Carrie, give grace, give grace, like be an example, communicate like, Hey, let's talk, you know? And so, um, it's in a different way that motherhood side comes out, if you will. But, um, I, I am trying to find that balance of how to relay that or articulate it without being in that position. Like I'm not better than anybody else, right? Everybody is amazing in their own space and whatever it is that they do. So my delivery um, of information and wisdom, I feel sometimes I need to work on for sure. Cause I, I don't, I just deliver the message sometimes, right? It's not filtered with like, let me help you feel better. Um, I'll be like, well, no, why did you do this? If you should do this, like this kind of makes more sense, no? And that can be received in a way where I'm like uh, telling somebody what to do or just not as respectful. So that's an area I definitely have room for improvement and where I'm not thinking about it like a negative or positive, or I'm just trying to get the information out. And that, that lack of emotion comes from my upbringing. And it's interesting that you bring that up too, because how, how you're perceived in the workplace and how, you're delivering this this message and just having the facts and coming at it with tons of experience. I look at it in a way that that's that's really not your problem in my opinion. Like sometimes yeah, maybe you should own it if like you're being loud or whatever, but on another token, I'm like why why are we so infatuated with trying to make each other feel good? 
all the time. It's, it's really about this vision of what we're trying to build. And sometimes what I have poured my heart and soul into kind of sucks. And I need to be told that. Like, hey, that's not very good. You, I, I've, done, I've built this brand. Uh, we did it this way. And it was very successful. And I can see like where you're headed. But this is like this is going down a very bad path. And we can't go down there if we're going to actually make this vision come to life. And why everybody gets so hurt in the meanwhile is because they're insecure. That's first and foremost. Like they're not confident in who they are as a person to take critical feedback. And then all of a sudden now it's your fault. Now it's your fault. You you delivered that wrong. It's like, nah, man. No, you're taking it wrong. You're receiving it wrong. It's not about the deliveries. In, in, in most situations, I feel like it's not really, yes, you need to work on communication and, and all of those things and the soft skills need to be there. However, for you to, to put yourself in a team situation and be a part of this team, you're going to get some feedback that you probably won't like. But I'm coming at it with love in my heart and I'm coming at it with the best intentions that I can possibly have. But I got experience. I know what works. We know how this is going to play out if we continue to go down this road. And I really feel like it's actually the person whose ears they're going into and the heart that it's hitting. It's their insecurity, not your delivery. So, Carrie, in response to Ron's feedback there, do you think that that's because his experience is different because he's a guy? Versus being a woman? So I will say um, a part of that maybe because oftentimes the same thing, I can say the same thing a man says and the man is like, they're like, yeah, it's fine. He said it. But then a girl is looked at like, oh, you're being bossy or you're being aggressive versus no, like I just, this is my role and this is a fact. Like, you could say the same thing and then I'm going to be shunned for saying it. Right. And that's the culture that I would love for us all collectively to, to shift. And, and I think that the more we have these conversations about it's for me in particular, like I, I feel like everybody, how did, how did somebody say this before? It's like, your your boss, even though it's a female, it's not your mom. It's not your girlfriend. You know, like don't bring that baggage to the workplace. They're they're just your your teammate. They're your boss. They're whoever. Like they're your colleague. Don't don't bring that preconceived notion that whatever whatever mom issues you got, whatever girlfriend wife issues you got. Don't don't bring that here. Like this that you're not that person. So like I don't know. It, I get on this little bit of a soapbox because I think that like dudes in particular, we get like so bent out of shape about a woman telling us things. And it's just like, dude, like sometimes they have better ideas. It's just how it is. Like sometimes they, they have the sauce and we don't, and that's okay. Well, and I think it's just more about respecting the individuals as professionals over whatever their gender is. But the fact of the matter is, is that when Carrie or, or I, like I'm, I'm pretty direct, so I share with you this uh, concept of giving grace, specifically in professional environments where I expect high performance, and I expect that if if you're asserting that you're 
expertises in this area that I, I want you to bring that. So when I see that those expectations aren't met, even in a world where we're supposed to have little expectation in the professional world, that's just not how it works. Um, that's why we have project plans. That's why we have spreadsheets with goals on it and KPIs. Like the whole world is driven by data that's set upon expectations. So when I'm at the table and I say to you, X, Y, Z wasn't met, why? I'm coming at it because I want to help you solve the problem, but I may not be saying it in a way that makes you feel great. You know, yeah. so, but, and sometimes I think it's, I need to work on that grace aspect and delivery because sometimes I'm just not concerned about giving grace. I'm concerned about getting answers so I can drive results. Right. That's me. I'm concerned about how are we going to execute? Like whatever it takes, we're going to make sure the job gets done and it gets done right. So what do we need to do? And that's what I'm thinking about versus how are you going to receive what I'm saying? And I think the dis distinction that, that, that Ron, I'm trying to make here is that this is something, this whole concept of needing to give grace, I don't hear a lot of that from male professionals when they talk about how they're delivering their message. Oh, they don't care. <laughs> no, I've heard some crazy talk in the in rooms that it's just like, wow, you guys really talk to each other like that. Okay. And it's right. and it feels like sometimes we take 9,000 steps back in the evolution of what this professional world is going to look like. Because right now, this is a hard conversation acknowledging the fact that professionals like you and I are sitting here thinking like, how do we modify our delivery in a way that's going to be more effective in the workplace where not in all situations, but in many, the delivery message is received differently because of our gender? Well, and here's the thing, too, that I think that you and I are in a unique position because we have like we're, we're co-workers in a way because like we're we're in the same office. So I get to hear some of the calls and things like that. And I get to hear like the way that you're presenting information. Whereas like before COVID and things like that, like how many times did you actually like work alongside your, your spouse or whoever you're like with, and then you know that person on like a deep level and you know their intention. And yet it's still received in the same way that you two are talking about is like, you're being bossy, you're being whatever, like, put in the 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 term there aggressive is always the one that's used it's just like actually like i heard it and i don't like i didn't hear that and it's like really changed me in my mind whenever i'm listening in on other calls that like you're not associated with is just like man this actually happens all over the place and it's opened my eyes a big time and that's why i'm i'm of this mindset like we're we're worried way too much about how everybody feels but at the same time it's like if you don't then you're looked at as this person that is just super bossy and aggressive and you only your way is the way and it's like man i i feel like it's a, it's the responsibility of the person listening and asking for the feedback that, and whenever you give the feedback it's like well if you weren't prepared for it why the hell did you ask me <laughs> i mean it, i definitely find that in web three more often that it's about the all of the feels like people want to know that you're conscious or you make everybody happy i'm seeing a shift in web three from what i thought was very 
natural and organic friendships and communication to now let me be the politician. Let me make sure that I'm I'm essentially two-faced, if you will, because I'm going to be looking like this, like dealing with people, whatever, and work, and then smile here on this other side because I need everybody to see me in this way. I need everybody to receive me in this way. I need to do this with everybody so that I'm liked. And then I'll have support for all of these other things. I'll have support for my Twitter spaces. I'll have support for my project. I'll have support for whatever that may be, right? Just good conversation around you. Maybe vote for me for something in Web3, but it's politics all over again. And so it doesn't feel as like organic and natural and fun as it initially did for me anyway. The authenticity is is shifting. Yeah, so it's it makes it like hard to just be you and unless you just accept what comes with it. Like, hey, you know what? I'm not gonna be that politician. I'm not comfortable being that politician. Um, so my hope is that people are able to speak to me freely and not be afraid to say, Hey, Carrie you're fucking up or hey Carrie like I felt this way when you said this so that's really important for me that I'm surrounded by people who can tell me how they're feeling because I care yeah and I I want to know if there are bullet points in my life that need room you know have room for attention for me to evolve because I'm I'm a different person every day right so I'm always there's always gonna be something that I can do differently And that a part of that comes from my reading, but a part of that is feedback and constructive, healthy criticism um, from friends and family. And so I I want that from my Web3 friends as well. Yeah, I I call it, I've I've recently been rolling this out just in in where I work about when I create something or I put something out there, I want you to throw spears at it. Like, I want you to find flaws and find the things wrong with it because I want the next iteration of it to be right. Better. Or, or better, right. Like, or, or be better. And I think sometimes that messaging gets a little politicized when constructive feedback, there's an apprehension to provide constructive feedback for a couple of reasons. One is because other people don't want to receive it. Um, so they don't want to give it because then they feel like it opens them up to have to receive some of that. Uh, so yeah. they just kind of take the step back. But uh, but then the other aspect of it is, is you have to be willing to do something about it once you get it. Um, there There's really nothing worse from an accountability perspective when you put something out there, out into the universe, no matter what it is, and you've asked for constructive feedback and then you didn't incorporate any of it and then you want to know why it's not working the way you thought it was supposed to work. Um, and, you know, with the evolution of, you know, of how web two, web three, you know, sometimes those things aren't very linear. They're kind of merged together. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that that's where we're, we're kind of in that weird space right now where people are trying to decide what side they're, they're going to be on, you know, um, do I, do I want to be held accountable to me asking for this feedback or am I just going to avoid it all the way around? And one thing I love about you is the fact that you're open to that. Um, and not only um, are you open to that, you do something about it. And I, I saw that in action um, 
with what you guys did with your ladies of board ape yacht club <laughs> i guess something is like something like that you know and um i remember somebody like saying something like well give me an example and i'm just like hi um did you not see what they did like this was all public how this played out and it was action taken so um yeah I, I just give you a tremendous amount of respect for being a person that really lives by that. Thank you. Thank you so much. I love that. So you talk about, you've alluded to reading a bunch inside of this conversation. I'm curious, like what's your, if you were, whenever you're talking to anybody who's interested in, in growth and in kind of this, uh, this entrepreneurial spirit or just trying to find a purpose, what are like your top three that you go to or you've given away the most um, from a book, like from books? Um, the Power of Now, for sure. Um, the Power of Now from Eckhart Tolle. Um, that game changer um, and ultimately like the underlying message is doing shit now and being focused on the now, not yesterday and not tomorrow and the impact that that can make on your life in terms of how you're spending your time. Most of our time is spent thinking about tomorrow or yesterday, not in this moment. And so we miss a lot of life by not being in that moment. Um, there's the four day work week, I believe. Is that the right name of that book? Four hour work day. Let me search it up. Is that the Tim Ferriss one? Yes, the Tim Ferriss one. Mm -hmm. And so that is how I have lived my life being an entrepreneur for 20 plus years. But reading that book really reinforced my lifestyle and work-life balance and so it from that book it, it like literally so one day a week I work from anywhere I want so during the summer times it's by the pool not at my house but somewhere at a hotel pool right a different environment because I, I want to be outside do something different during the, the colder months, it might be at, a, at my favorite cafe, but I'd switch it up. So I'm changing my environment, right? That's what we touched on a little bit earlier. And you meet different people, right? And I could just be reading my book and having tea, but just simply doing that sparks someone to say something to me literally every time. Like I never go out for my off days of work and not meet anybody new. And so... Um, I do that. And then I manage my time. Like here's my, my workout time. So I'm refueling myself spiritually, getting new energy in and, you know, um, then I do my actual work for X amount of concentrated time, focused time, no meetings, no phone calls, just like, let me knock some shit out. And then I schedule a couple of days a week that I'm doing the meetings and doing the zooms. So that way I know what I'm doing then, because going back to back to back on Zooms, I'm not actually being productive in terms of handling things that need to get done. I'm being productive in terms of like the network, the business opportunities and things of that sort, but there's still that work that needs to get done, that follow-up that needs to get done. And so um, because of my work-life balance, 
um, it looks fun, right? People are like, oh, you're at the pool or, oh, you're out at the cafe. Like, they're like, what do you do? Are you a drug dealer? Like, you know, you don't work, right? It's just, you're having fun and you're living your best life. And so this book really hit the nail on the head for me to refer to other people to read so they could better understand how I live my life. Um, it's something then, that people don't get. They don't understand it whenever you have that type of flexibility because we've all been fed this nine to five type of thing. Um, it's, it's eye opening, And especially whenever you talk, I talk about time blocking all the time. Uh, it's like, it's my, I feel like it's the biggest hack that I've ever dipped into is being able to time block and having, having time set for certain things. And, and you're talking about it for refueling from like, mentally and spiritual and all of those things like filling filling those other buckets to put on the shelf that you you were saying earlier was like mm, i i'm taking i'm taking that one i really love it yay Thank what was you. your third book um third book would be a personal one um so i am a fan of the seven spiritual laws to success okay and so for me that just tied into what means a lot to me, which is that spiritual, you know, my personal life and lessons and pillars so that I can better manage everything else. Yeah. You know, when we talk a lot about growth mindset and things like that, we don't, we've not had a lot of guests really dig into that aspect of, or even mention that aspect of it. So I really appreciate that you bring that up. Because I think that that can look different. That journey, the spiritual journey, looks different for so many of us, whether it be a religion or a specific type of practice or whatever. Like, it all looks different for everyone. But it really is, um, I think, instrumental to my own growth. Um, and, and my spiritual journey has looked really different from when how I was raised versus how I chose to live my 20s and 30s and then what it looks like now that I'm a woman in my 40s, you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> that whole thing looks different. So yeah, it's, it's, um, I think it's an underrated aspect. Yeah. I mean, it applies to every area of our life indirectly. Mm -hmm. Like even when you're, when we discussed, um, you know, the different morals and ethics and business practices in this space, my spiritual side of me gives that grace, like talks to my business side of me. So my business brain is like, what the heck? Like, how could you even do that? That's not even kosher. Like that's not good business practice. That's questionable business practice. And then my spiritual side and my non-business side is like, Carrie, they don't understand. Like, you know what I mean? Have this conversation, blah, blah, blah. Like, so it ties in together because my business approach would be totally different and probably very aggressive. I would provide a very aggressive response because morals and ethics and good business practice means so much to me, like respect does. Um, so it really lights a fire in me when I'm people don't, I, I, you know, show that and I'm like, and then, ah, like the Buddha side of me, very <laughs> <laughs> Now listen, I'm gonna have this on my internal conversation. Hey, you got the okay. you got the bowls going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So 
I think that they they impact each other. Yeah, I mean, everyone has a different way to calibrate their moral compass, you know? And um, I find that my tenacity in addressing that tends to come out when I see that, and I say this all the time, my, I said this to my friend, my best friend from law school, um, and it's been a thing, is like some people have the moral compass of Jack Sparrow from Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes! Where like it, their moral compass points to whatever they want in that moment. So they're like, so really having like the balance of, you know, good business sense in some form of like spiritual connection, whatever that means for you in your journey kind of helps to make sure that you don't end up with the moral compass of Jack Sparrow. I'm going to use that example. That's (laughs) a great example. Like, Everybody knows Jack Sparrow. Come on. Like yeah. he is, that character is amazing. But to have his moral compass. Yeah. It's literally his compass that points to what he wants, including yeah. rum. And or this is why we <laughs> treasure. Put, this is why we put Alyssa on the microphones because she comes up with some of the crazy, like the best analogies ever. Especially whenever it comes to like morals, ethics, and, and all of this oh, business. Oh no! Behavior. I did one the other day. This is so funny. A little sidetrack, but I did one the other day too. Is like I was like, it's like someone made you a delicious sandwich, and they're they're making the sandwich. You're seeing it. It's great, and it looks like the most perfect sandwich ever. And then the condiment they use is like literally shit. So they make the condiment of this beautiful sandwich shit. So they just handed you a shit sandwich. You know, like I. I can't even remember what I was talking about, but it was it was one of those. So someone, if you want to use that for something else, oh please goodness. feel free. You're welcome to it. But, you know, hey. So, Carrie, I know that you also just to keep the energy up and, and all of these things and you have the vegan diet. What are some of the uh, ways that you're keeping your, your physical body healthy to, to maintain this energy throughout the day? So I work out daily. I may take a day off um, if I feel like it, which I feel is fine. But I do two days a week of training with my girlfriend. So my girlfriend and I go to one of our other friends has a gym. Um, And so we go to our friend's gym two days a week. And that in itself is our version of therapy. I leave my house, I pick up, pick her up and we drive together. Our drive time is our talk time. So it's a good like 20 minute, 15 minute talk time. And then when we're working out together, we have our talk time and that's kind of like our, I feel like it's our high school girl time where you're like in class talking and you know, having fun and laughing and being kids if you will, but we're grown ass mothers and have businesses um so two days a week I have that again our therapy time which I adore so much and I cherish and then the rest of the week lately I've been doing hot yoga and I don't do hot yoga year round I am doing it right now because it's winter time and my version of cold is anything under 70 and um so I I have a gym I said, that's so cute. (laughs) So I, I have a gym downstairs in my house. So I have my Peloton, I have a row machine, treadmill, all of that tonal 
but during the winter time, it's kind of cold because it's in my garage. And so added to that, I've been traveling a lot the end of 2022. And so I felt very pudgy, like, like, like nice huggable bear, like layer. (laughs) And so I have felt the need to just shed and, and hot eight yoga does that really well for me. So I'm doing that daily, um, outside of the days that I have training. How, uh, how long are you doing the hot yoga for? I'm just curious. An hour, 60 minutes. That's good. Yeah. Dang. So when I'm not though, during the summertime or when it's a little bit warmer and I just work out at home those other days, um, I'm doing a 45 minute Peloton and then like a 20 minute tonal class or, you know, my row machine. Um, but I wear that sauna awesome. bag that like athletes wear and like a, a sweet sweat thing. Cause I love food so much and I eat anything that I want vegan you know, why is my problem in my eating is that I'll eat at 12 o'clock at night or 11 o'clock at night. Right. And that can pose a problem. It's like a great situation to gain weight. Um, and so that's one area I have for improvement, um, is just not eating so late. Um, and also like, I'm a foodie and I could be out going to dinner. We have some drinks and then on my way home, I'll be like, Oh, I want a Del Taco. I will literally go through Del Taco too. So I'm not just like, I eat everything organic and whole foods. No, my ass will go to Del Taco. I'll get a little beyond tostada. (laughs) Nice. There's balance everywhere. Isn't there? I love that you do the sauna suit and the sweet sweat. I'm like a sweet sweat wearer. I wear the sweet sweat band. It just makes me feel better. It makes me feel like the work I'm doing is concentrated to the area I hate most. So like, I love that. I also love to, I've seen you post from Peloton, like on your bike before. And I'm like, holy shit, girl, that class is hard. And you're like, you're like, sometimes it's just background inspiration for me to just move. And like, and no, what I loved when you like shared that with me was like, it was, it was like, gave me permission to like calm the hell down when I'm not meeting these crazy metrics sometimes, because like, I'm not an, I'm not like a trained athlete, like these trainers are and it's hard. Um, so, you know, also shout out to you for giving all of us permission to like, it's okay. Girl. Yes. See, like just getting on your treadmill your bike, like go do your Facebook videos, go watch your Netflix, go FaceTime your girlfriend while you're on it. At least you're on it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're moving and before you know it, an hour has gone by. Yeah. And you burn like 600 calories and you're like, wow, that was amazing. You could do your Twitter spaces on there. I mean, maybe not hosting per se, but be present (laughs) for somebody else's. (laughs) But um, that is helpful. No, like, I think that I'm, I wear that sauna suit now because before COVID, my girlfriend and I were at, we're doing spin. We were doing sauna spin. Oh my. And so we went to a cycling studio that we cycled in 85 degree um, uh, room and sweat our asses off. And that was such a good, like, I never, I, I was, I was looking great. 
I bet. <laughs> and they closed down during COVID. And so I was like, well, let me do my Peloton and I can wear the little sauna suit. Yeah. I, you know what? I think that I, I love, I love what you just said about just getting moving is the biggest step. And that's, that's sometimes like, I am, I'm kind of like, I don't know, I like to say genetically, but I'm just predisposed. I feel to just being a bit of a couch potato. Like I'm perfectly comfortable not doing anything a lot of the time. I don't have that, like, I need to go do something. Like that's, that's not, so being a person that's not programmed that way, I'm getting yeah. better. I'm developing better habits. So it's feeling different for me, but having to be intentional about that. I love the message that just kind of getting out there and doing whatever, even if you're multitasking or doing other things too, that getting the movement is important. I tell people all the time to just like, go put your shoes on, see how it feels. And then yeah. maybe like going for a walk is a, is like, well, I already have my shoes on, so I might as well go for a walk. Right. Might as well. So like you already have your, your spin shoes on, you might as well just get on the bike and just start moving your legs, <laughs> just move your legs and see how it feels. And then the next time, you know, so I, I, I love that, uh, especially for those of us out here that are just not necessarily always prioritizing movement because it is hard. Yes. Oh, let me say something too. I want to add into that because um, I would wear workout clothes like all the time, even when I wasn't working out. And my thing was like, you never know. I might have a minute to like hit the gym or something because I'm already dressed and I'm ready to go. The caveat to that is I stopped getting dressed. Mm. Like there's a different feeling. Like when I wear something, I'm dressed to impress, if you will, but not to necessarily impress anyone, but like myself, like you feel a different feel when you're wearing a fit where you're like, damn, I look fucking good. Like, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Instead of like my sneakers and my workout pants. And so I'm consciously now like, at least one day a week, you know what I mean? Let me get dressed and feel good and look good. Um, in a sense to like, just have a different energy about myself and, and go out into the world dressed. <laughs> no, there's definitely something to be said about that. And it was funny. Like I will like, I'll wear a polo and some jeans whenever I'm doing like actual stuff because I feel different. Like I'm, I literally feel different. I feel like I need to like behave differently. I, there's just a whole, I think there's something to be said there for sure. Um, and I'm curious now that like, we've kind of gone through your, your, this, this growth journey of yours, what does 2023 look like for you? Like, what are we, what can we expect out of Carrie this year? Mm. Um, a focus on the branding for Miss Nifty. And so I have been put into the position where that has been helpful for me to finally accept and own Miss Nifty versus let me push this brand, let me push this brand. Um, and um, actually a part of it stems from the ladies of BAYC. So ladies of BAYC started the name started through um nini board nini and um 
Tiger was helping her um, and they did an event in New York, their first event. And after that event, we built together and I applied my business component to it, right? Like, you know, ladies of BAYC, we can do this, we can do this. Like, how do we really launch um, that brand? And so we did a Malibu retreat um, that was amazing. People, women flew in from all over the world. Um, and then we did uh, the event, not a plus one event in Miami for Art Bezel. And we have all of these things in the pipeline. And it posed to be a hardship in a sense, because now um, there are milestones that I put together we need to meet, right? That business component of me, like, now we are doing this to build this brand. Let's do this. What's our time frame for this? Like, these are all the commitments. Um, there's a, a quote that I used often, that which is measured will grow. So if you don't have this measurement, a day becomes a week, a week becomes a month, a month becomes a year. And so me implementing that into the ladies of BAYC posed to be stressful for some other members. And so coming from that, I realized, and it was brought to my attention, like, hey, we're not, we're not ready to do this with this brand. You're moving too fast. You're doing too much, Carrie. And for me, I'm like, this <laughs> is the goal, right? We want something to run and be built that we, it can be its own thing. And so I'm having to shift to, you know what? It's Miss Nifty. Like, and, and the real foundation in, in the meaning behind Miss Nifty isn't me as an individual, right? And I haven't publicly really ex at, at all expressed this. Miss Nifty is all of the women in the world that are nifty. That's what we are. What is the definition of nifty? And so Miss Nifty is owning the motherhood, the entrepreneur part, the wife, the girlfriend, the best friend, all of us, we are Miss Nifty. And I really want to create this home for the Miss Nifties of the world. And so that encompasses the ladies of BIYC, the queens of Clonex, the V friends, you know what I mean? And how do we welcome the men in the world to help uplift the Miss Nifties of the world? And so that is my focus this year outside of obviously, you know, helping to build more um, brands and influencers in Web3 to get the education and the onboarding um, of underrepresented communities into Web3. Um, that's, you know, definitely there in that nonprofit component. But personally it's helping and pushing miss nifty and bringing together the nifties of the world i can't think of a more beautiful way to wrap this thing up man that that right there to to be able to encompass all of everything that you're about and and being able to have this full rounded person because just as you said earlier, you're not just an entrepreneur. You're not just a mother. You're not just a wife. You're all the things. You're not just a best friend. It's all the things. And to be able to feed them all is, and to fuel them all is, uh, man, isn't that the art? That's the art of, of living that 
fulfilling life is to be able to be self-aware enough to realize that you are all of those people and and you and it takes and you got to fill what what's giving you joy and what's fulfilling your purpose and giving you happiness to be able to wake up every day bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and ready to rock and roll, right? I mean, that's that's the point of it. And to do that for your community, um, man, that it's a tall order for sure. Um, but with your expertise and a great team behind you, I'm, I'm sure that you'll be able to execute. Thank you so much. I have no doubt. I um, also want to add she's not just a plus one. <laughs> I am not just a plus one. <laughs> yeah, that, whenever you threw – whenever um, that – that uh that event got put together i was like oh damn that that's powerful that's a powerful message um because you're not just a plus one it's 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 more than that you're more than what that what that is and boy did that have some meaning behind it yeah that was mimi that was mimi she did that yeah it's yeah you know it's a it's a it's a nice smile and a wink for Yes. <laughs> all of us, all of us out here, um, not just in Web3, but are doing business and everything else. You know, we can golf. Some of us, not me, but, you know, some of us can golf. You know, some of us can throw darts. Some of us can, you know, some of us are owners of really, really valuable assets. And, um, and teaching our men, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you know, some of us own some really, um, valuable things that you know i can just take a straight invitation it's fine (laughs) (laughs) you can invite me directly it's cool yeah absolutely (laughs) including your thoughts ideas everything it's all it's all valuable um carrie is there anything else you'd like to get across to the listeners before we depart i just want to say continue continue shining continue sharing information and feel free to ask me any questions, DM, tweet, Instagram. I, I love being a resource and I'll make some time. Perfect. Thank you so much, Carrie. I, I appreciate your time today and I look forward to, to watching you grow this Miss Nifty. Yay. I'm a Miss Nifty already. Sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you have it. Thank you so much. It's such an honor to get to share this time with you. I can't wait to see you again. Um, In IRL, I love you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. We'll see you. Bye. Thank you for staying here until the very end. If you would do us a favor and leave a comment or a review wherever you downloaded or streamed this podcast from, that goes a long way to help us spread the word about growth mindset. If you're a Web3 native or looking to get started, you can catch us over at Twitter on Tuesday nights where we host the Twitter Spaces at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard. There are unique surprises for those of you who attend those shows in addition to our podcast here. It's a Rug Radio production. Until next time, enjoy the journey.